Today on Original Pokeman, I'll be talking about a Pokemon milestone, the surprising source for Caterpie's creation, and I'm going to try to worm out of a puzzling Pokemon predicament. I don't know that it's a predicament exactly, but I like the way puzzling Pokemon predicament sounds. Anyway, let's go. This is Original Pokemon, the inside story behind the classic seasons of the Pokemon TV series from the man who helped make it happen. Now, here's the original Pokemon himself, Michael Hegney. Thank you for listening. My name is Michael Hegney, and I am calling myself the original Pokemon. I adapted the scripts, and I was the voice director for the original classic seasons of the English-language version of the Pokemon TV series. I also did a whole bunch of Pokemon voices myself. And this podcast is kind of a memoir of the making of the TV show. But as I said in the first uh, podcast episode, I am discovering so many things about Pokemon that I'm also sprinkling in those factual or allegedly factual things that kind of corroborate or correct some of my memories. This episode picks up where the previous one, Pokemon Emergency, left off, with Ash poised to maybe capture his first Pokemon, a Caterpie. The title of this episode, Episode 3, Ash Catches a Pokemon, doesn't leave much mystery about what's going to happen. In these early episodes, I stuck with whatever the translated title of the episode was that I got from Paul Taylor, who worked at 4Kids, and he was the person who translated the scripts. Later on, when I got more comfortable, or maybe I asked permission, could I change them to something a little bit more entertaining, the Japanese titles I found were very straight ahead. It just said what was happening in that episode. I wanted to kind of spice it up a little bit with a little comedy, in quotes, which usually consisted of some kind of pun or alliteration, or play on words. And I'll be interested to see, I haven't gone very far ahead on future episodes, it'll be interesting to see if at one point I stopped doing the straight translation of the episode titles and started doing the funny punny ones. My recollection is that's what happened, but we'll see. One thing to note, some of these early episodes would end in a cliffhanger, a story that would not resolve and that would be resolved in the next episode, you know, like one of the old-time movie serials. But then, after a while, that stopped. There were certain cases, I think, where there were like two-parters, but uh, not very many of them. But this is one of those. Uh, the action carries over from episode two. Anyway, as we pick up the action here in episode three, Ash takes aim with his Pokeball, and he throws it, which clocks Caterpie on the nose, and Caterpie squeals, and transformed into a kind of energy swirl that heads into the open Pokeball, which then snaps shut. Ash, Misty, and Pikachu watch closely. The Pokeball jiggles back and forth, and the suspense builds until finally... The jiggling stops, and Ash celebrates his first Pokemon catch. He jumps around, he drags Misty around in circles, really bragging and celebrating so over the top that Pikachu's eyes roll back around in his head, and he comically passes out. Then the billboard comes on to announce the title of the episode, and this one is unusual because we had Misty as the announcer here. Not sure we ever did that again. I think it would have been weird to have Ash 
saying in the billboard, Ash catches a Pikachu, I think, sort of talking about himself in the third person. I always used to get a kick out of hosts, maybe they still do, announcing themselves in self-titled shows like, I'm Geraldo Rivera, welcome to Geraldo. I think that's what he used to say. After the episode title card, Ash goes on and on about how great this is and how he loves his new little Pokemon, and Misty observes that it takes a worm to love a worm. Now, I'm pretty sure that joke was not in the original Japanese version, but it touches on something that would come up again and again in the recording studio between usually Ron London and myself, and that was whether the Pokemon world has animals or not. I think this is actually the second worm mention we've had so far in the series. It's only the third episode. And in the first episode, I believe Professor Oak says something like, the early bird catches the worm, talking about Ash, who didn't get up early enough to get the Pokemon that he wanted. But I'll get back to this animals in the Pokemon world a little bit later in this episode when it comes up again. As the scene continues, Ash introduces the Caterpie inside the ball to Pikachu who's happy about having a new friend. Ash makes a real point of calling the Pokemon, his potential new Pokemon as he's on his quest to be a Pokemon master, as getting new friends. And my recollection and my strong feeling is that this was in the original Japanese, where they wanted to really emphasize this idea of the Pokemon being friends to the trainers. I have my own feelings about how valid that is, but I will save them for later in this podcast series. So Ash commands Caterpie to come out of the Pokeball, and of course, this freaks Misty out, and she runs away. I remembered after watching this episode again that we kept the Caterpie voice, which is the original Japanese voice, because Caterpie didn't seem to clearly say its name in the original it makes lots of sounds, but it doesn't really say its name, which is a little bit unusual for at least this original initial group of Pokemon. Nobody at 4Kids, at I guess, saw any reason to replace the Caterpie voice. I'm not sure why the Japanese creators did that. Maybe you do. If you do, email me at originalpokeman at gmail.com and straighten me out. As a Pokemon fan, I'm sure it's not news to you that Caterpie is a bug-type Pokemon. And I did a little digging. Well, you know, not not literal digging. Uh, that's maybe where I would find uh, little caterpillars and things. But I did a little research, I should say. And I found that Caterpie was based on a real insect. It's something called the Eastern Tiger Swallowtail Caterpillar which is found in eastern North America. I'll put a link of some websites where you can see pictures of this on the original Pokemon page. This caterpillar apparently has something called an osmaterium, kind of a fleshy little pair of orange antennae that pop out when the caterpillar is threatened and emits or shoots out something called a terpene, which I wasn't aware of uh, before I did the research. The word terpene comes from kind of an old, archaic version of the word turpentine. And in the case of this insect, it's a bad-smelling substance, which it shoots out when it's being attacked to ward off any enemies or predators. This little caterpillar can also rear up like a snake to defend itself, to kind of mimic a snake. 
which is also what Caterpie does. And it even has markings on the top of its thorax that look like eyes. Apparently, this is to discourage birds from above from attacking it. You can look it up on the internet. It's basically Caterpie. The Japanese name for this Pokemon is Caterpie, which is also obviously from the English word for caterpillar. When Caterpie does come out and Ash asks it to climb up on his shoulder, instead Caterpie makes a beeline, or I guess a Caterpie line, straight for Misty, who, of course, freaks out even more. She begs Ash to get this disgusting thing away from her, and Caterpie reacts, of course, very sadly, because it's being rejected and nobody likes that. Pikachu pats Caterpie on the back, trying to comfort it, and Misty gets an idea. She says she'll be friends with Pikachu, and Ash can be friends with the creepy bug Caterpie. Ash says, well, you know, kind of boasts, he says, well, Pikachu only likes me. And then he reacts with comic rage when he sees that Pikachu is up in Misty's lap, giggling and enjoying being petted by her. Obviously, he's not a one-trainer Pokemon. Caterpie is very hurt. We see the quivering eyeballs on it as uh, Caterpie watches Misty loving Pikachu. And Misty screams for Ash to put that slimy thing back in the Pokeball. Then she declares that bugs are one of the three most disgusting things in the world. And Ash asks, besides Misty, what are the other disgusting things? <laughs> so she declares carrots, peppers, and bugs. At the time, I guess I assumed that carrots and peppers were the equivalent of the most hated vegetables of kids here in the United States, something like broccoli or Brussels sprouts, the classic ones that kids revile. I recently verified that in Japan, the hated vegetables are carrots and peppers. A kind of an interesting, to me anyway, sidelight is that Pixar was aware of this difference when they made the movie Inside Out, or I guess shortly after, I really don't know. But in the American version, the dad feeds Riley some broccoli, which Riley does not like. In the Japanese version, the visuals are changed, and Riley's dad feeds her peppers, not broccoli. So uh, I guess that's a thing in Japan. For kids, anyway. Because Ash and Misty are always in conflict, Ash declares that he likes carrots and peppers, but what he doesn't like is the way Misty's treating Caterpie and hurting its feelings. And he again gently tries to coax Caterpie to crawl up on his shoulder. Caterpie hesitates at first, but Pikachu, nodding, encourages Caterpie to do it. And Ash says that he, Caterpie, isn't going to scare Misty anymore. And Misty asks what Ash means. And Ash says, because we're walking on without Misty. Misty's surprised, and Pikachu follows as Ash and Caterpie walk away, leaving her alone. In the next scene, Pikachu and Caterpie are walking along. When Pikachu senses something, and that something is Misty following secretly at a distance. Ash calls out to her and demands to know why she's following them. And Misty, is, she gets a little bit flustered at being discovered. And she says it's because of her bike, which Ash commandeered in the first episode of the series. And Ash says that Misty should get over her dumb bike. And she says he's the dumb one because if he hadn't destroyed the bike, 
she would have ridden out of there by now. And he says, do what you want. And he walks off and Misty follows as Pikachu looks back and forth between the two of them and sighs kind of an exasperated little anime sigh mushroom cloud. Now, I did use the word stupid in episode one, but later I tried to avoid using that word in our version. Partially, I remember, because our engineer, Ron London, had a rule that he and his children didn't use the word stupid. So I used the word dumb. Again, digging back into ancient history, in Old English, uh, the word dumb meant mute, silent, or not speaking or unable to speak. In Old High German, it had that meaning, but it also was used to mean stupid, unable to respond because of not being smart enough, I guess. And that kind of prevailed as the prime meaning of the word dumb. I'm not sure what, if anything, the current series uses to describe someone who is not too bright. In the next scene, it's nighttime and there's a campfire. Ash is in a sleeping bag and he says, we got to get some sleep because we have a big day tomorrow. And we hear from behind a log, Misty say, well, we'd all get some sleep if you'd shut your big mouth. And Ash reacts by saying, don't let the bed bugs bite. I had Ash say this, which I'm quite sure was not in the original Japanese, although I haven't been able to find the English subbed version of this episode to verify it. But I had him say this because this is something my father used to say to me. And I guess people in the early part or the mid part of the 20th century used to say before bedbugs made a big resurgence. And uh, it's not quite so funny anymore. But it fit because Ash knows Misty is afraid of bugs. After this, there's kind of an unusual scene between Caterpie and Pikachu. They're communicating as Pokemon do by using their voices. They're saying their names, or at least Pikachu is. Caterpie just kind of makes buggy sounds. And they're looking up at the moon and the stars, and they seem to be understanding each other. They're clearly understanding each other. And Caterpie eventually motions to the Pokeball, uh, races around Pikachu, and Pikachu's happy, and Caterpie's jumping up and down, and Pikachu somersaults, and then Caterpie looks sort of wistfully at the moon. And we see what we later learn to be a Butterfree flying past the moon. And then Caterpie looks at Misty and it feels sad again because Caterpie knows Misty doesn't like him or it. And Pikachu gives Caterpie a consoling pat on the back and night turns to day. The next morning, Misty wakes up to see that Caterpie's right next to her, staring at her right in the face. And she screams, which freaks Ash and Pikachu out. Misty repeats how she hates bugs, and this continues to hurt Caterpie's feelings. And Caterpie makes sad sounds and crawls up to its Pokeball, taps the little button with its snout, I guess, and retreats back inside. This gets Ash very angry. He feels that Misty's being mean, and he says that Pokemon have feelings too. And he assures Caterpie that they'll show Misty one day. Just then, a new Pokemon swoops in, and we learn it's a Pidgeotto, an evolved form of Pidgey. I don't think I had noticed, or maybe I noticed but didn't think much about it when we first did the show, but Pidgeotto goes into some tall grass and comes up with what appears to be 
a tiny worm. So this again raises the question, do animals exist in the Pokemon world? The worm doesn't seem to be a kind of Pokemon. And at this point in the series, the Japanese creators haven't addressed how Pokemon survive, how they sustain themselves. Nutritionally, I mean. But this worm would seem to corroborate that there are animals in the Pokemon world and that at least this Pokemon or this type of Pokemon eats worms. Ash consults his Pokedex when he sees the Pidgeotto, and the Pokedex states that it dives in to get its prey. So obviously the Pokemon, at least in the wild, have to live on something. Uh, You would think that that thing would be food and that some of that food would be other Pokemon or non-Pokemon creatures, which you could reasonably infer, I guess, would be animals, in the series anyway. Now, the other thing that supports this is that Caterpie is a bug-type Pokemon, and for Pokemon to be a bug-type, you'd think that there have to actually be bugs in this Pokemon world. As we go through later episodes in future podcasts, we'll see animals or evidence of animals in several of the shows, And from what I've just recently read, Nintendo phased out animals in later seasons of the animated series. But this is a subject that's sort of a gateway into a much larger question about Pokemon and the Pokemon world that we'll deal with in the future. You can count on that. So Ash is psyched and he gets out a Pokeball and he says, hey, I'm going to capture this Pidgeotto. And he throws the ball at the Pidgeotto, and the Pidgeotto, very nonchalantly, bats the ball away with its wing. Misty explains to Ash that you don't just throw a Pokeball at a Pokemon to capture it. You have to weaken it by battling first. And I think this is the first time in the series that that's actually mentioned, that you have to weaken Pokemon before they can be captured. I think the original Japanese writer is obviously revealing or giving information in this series that players of the game would know already. But Misty mentions that the only reason Ash was able to capture Caterpie was because Caterpie was already a weakling. So Misty is both explaining the capture of Caterpie, why it could have been accomplished without battling, and throwing even more shade at the bug-type Pokemon, whom she clearly does not like. And I think probably in the scene before when the Pidgeotto comes in and eats the worm, that I think was put in there by the Japanese writer to emphasize that Pidgeotto is a predator, and especially a predator of wormy-looking type Pokemon. But Ash is undaunted, and he says he knows what he's doing, and he throws his Pokeball with Caterpie in it to challenge Pidgeotto. And Misty and Pikachu gasp, Pidgeotto starts chasing Caterpie, who freaks out and gets banged up by Pidgeotto, and Ash gets Caterpie to return safely to his Pokeball. Then Ash quickly sicks Pikachu on the Pidgeotto, and he orders Pikachu to use Thundershock. Pikachu Thundershocks the Pidgeotto in midair. Again, there's a bit of tamping down of the visual flashing here again. Ash captures the Pidgeotto with a Pokeball. It jiggles back and forth, and after a few tense moments, It finally comes to rest, and Ash has successfully captured the Pidgeotto. This is his second successful Pokemon capture. Ash and Pikachu celebrate, and Ash says, I am the greatest. And again, there's clearly a smack in the soundtrack. 
This is another spot where a shot of Misty slapping Ash in the face was edited out. I talked about how a slap shot was taken out in an earlier episode, and I tried to remember why I would have left that sound in. I thought I might know, but I wasn't sure, so I decided to call the person who did the recording of the American voices for the show to see if he could explain. Check, check. Can you hear me? This is Ron London. Ron London is the power behind Pokemon. Hello. Nice to see you, Michael. How's okay. it going? It's going great. Okay. So in a future podcast, I will talk to Ron a lot more, but I'm on episode three, Ron. It's only taken two years. Okay. Now think back. In the first few episodes, Misty slapped Ash across the face several times. And the thing is that we didn't show that because that came to us edited out because they okay. didn't want to show physical violence. It was okay to show critters electrocuting each other and <laughs> sending, <laughs> sending poison clouds to each other. That was okay, but you can't slap a kid. So here's the thing. In the track, we hear the slaps. I reviewed the episode and I must have heard these slaps. I mean, maybe I missed one in the, in the first one, but I doubt that I missed them in the second. So I was thinking, do you remember, was there any reason that maybe the music and effects track were married together? Or was this just a pure mistake? Or was there some other thing that you can remember why we would have left the audio of the slap in the episode, <laughs> Ron London? Well, I think you said you wanted to get that slap back into the video. They were going to cut it back in. So we kept it. In. No, I, I knew nothing <laughs> about the slap. And when we worked together, we just really basically heard the dialogue that were, we were recording and the music and effects tracks. I have a feeling that it might have been blended together. They might have given us the M&Es together. So maybe uh, it wasn't able to be removed. Maybe it sounded like something else during that time. A quick little slap might sound like it's uh, another sound effect that's coming from somewhere else. And maybe it wasn't quite noticed. Yeah. You know, I kind of thought that too, but it is very, very noticeable. I mean, I, it's hard to remember. My, my no, daughter's I, as old as that episode. So it's, it goes look, back a long way the, to a try lot to of this break down the stems that we got from Japan. <laughs> no, I know. I, I mean, most of this podcast is about me saying I really don't remember. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll take a stance here. I do remember the M&Es were together. I believe they were together. And when the music and effects are together, they're mixed together. So you can't separate them unless you change out that whole track, unless you change out the whole piece of music. So in my estimation, the, Ooh, that's uh, a fancy the Japanese... word. There was an estimation. <laughs> well, wow. you know. I never expected there would be an estimation. <laughs> uh, that we received these tracks uh, as uh, stereo uh, mixes of uh, sound effects and music and couldn't take that slap out. Yeah, Although it would have yeah. been a lovely piece of video to have in there, uh, considering that Pikachu shocked uh, everybody with their... With their <laughs> <Thunderbolt> yeah. <track. laughs> Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, you know, the thing is now I have to go back and check to see if in these segments, uh, well, I should go back and do this. I'm not saying <laughs> that I'm going yeah. to, because <laughs> it took me two years to do two episodes. But um, I'm just wondering if there was music in that little section. If there wasn't, then there must be some just, it was just, I, I missed it, right? It was a total mistake. Yeah, it's funny because I was just having a conversation about uh, working with you, Michael, and how Sometimes we would work on mixes and sometimes uh, the first the first mixes didn't come out so great, at least in the beginning, uh, until we sort of massaged it a little bit and got to know uh, the styles. Uh, and then, you know, I, th I think we worked really well together as a team. Um, but there wait, came to wait, wait let me let me just let me just translate what Ron just said. What he really means to say was 
because I didn't know what I was doing and he was doing it right. And then I would tell him to do other things. And then finally he just gave up and did it my wrong way. That's what he's basically oh, saying. Oh no. I mean, I don't, everybody, I mean, everybody has their own taste and mine was bad. Yeah, you have your yeah. idea. And that's the engineer's job is to bring it to the producer's vision. No matter how bad that vision is. Well, that's not my <laughs> job to decide, right? That's uh that's whoever's paying the bills, I guess. But wait a minute, you just said something. Did you do you think you mixed these first episodes or, no, or did no? Definitely not. Rich McCarr no. did. And he might have had more stems in his session than we had in our ADR session. So he might have had more additional tracks. Um, no, I don't think so, Ron. And, I think you I may mean, remember how long ago this was. And yeah. I, I just don't think there were, I, I, but it may be, maybe. Yeah. I mean, we weren't even using Pro Tools and we were using, um, wow. It's, I can't remember the name of the, the, uh, it was, uh, it was by Mattel though, right? Exactly. My yeah. first Pro Tools. I think <laughs> <laughs> but it worked fine. And we got the 52 episodes out on time. Slap or no slap. Okay. Go and have your bagel or whatever it is. And I will talk to you soon. Wonderful. And Thank I want to have these spontaneous. That's why I don't want to uh, do anything else. Perfect. All right. Okay. Thanks, bye. Michael. Great talking. Bye. Well, the bad news is that I actually did go back and check this episode where the slap is. And while there are some very, very faint ambient forest sound effects in the background, where the slap happens, they almost kind of dip out or they seem to dip out completely. So we could have mixed out that slap, just mixed it all the way down and never heard it without affecting music because there was no music in that section, or really affecting the sound effects, the ambient sound effects. Although, now that I'm thinking of it, there could be one other possible explanation for this. It could have been that because there was new music created by four kids that was added, that they wanted to send that music and effects track to all the new territories in which the show was going to be seen. And there may have been some places where this show was shown that left the slap in. And it's possible that four kids wanted me to just leave that so that for the countries that didn't take out the slap, it would make more sense. I guess it was a bigger thing, or it would have been a bigger thing, to have a slap and not hear it, than to not have a slap and hear some kind of sound. That's the only thing I can think of. I'm sorry. Anyway, the scene continues and Misty really dresses Ash down. And she says, you have to have strategy. And unfortunately for you, you have to have a brain too. And here she explains that Pidgeotto is a bird and Caterpie is a worm and birds eat worms. I'm pretty sure that this is a fairly substantial redo of mine from the Japanese, because I guess I should have added the word type. It's a bird type, and they eat worm types. Although Caterpie is technically a bug type, not a worm type. So I guess I made several compound mistakes here, maybe. But I don't have the original Japanese version, so I am maintaining my innocence until proven guilty. Just as Misty is raging at Ash for his clueless, clumsy mistakes, Team Rocket appears. James is still voiced by Ted Lewis here, and he declares they want that Pikachu. Ash tells them to go get their own Pikachu, and James explains that they want Ash's Pikachu because they're only looking for the rarest and most valuable Pokemon in the world. When Jesse agrees, 
Meowth starts scratching them pretty violently, in my opinion, but uh, thankfully with no blood, and shouts, Stop giving away all our secrets! And Ash seems kind of surprised, and he sort of innocently asks if his Pikachu is really that special. And Meowth proceeds to give a little recap, which was what happened with Pikachu blowing up the Pokemon Center in the previous episode. And when he does this, Jesse and James stomp Meowth for giving away secrets. And Meowth shouts that he's in charge and uh, demands that they cut it out. This is an example of trying to jam some dialogue in to some very tough lip flaps that I had here. It doesn't really work great. Uh, As a sidelight, Meowth is still being voiced here by Matt Sussman. So Jesse and James decide to battle Ash for Pikachu, and they call on their coughing and Ekans, both voiced by me, and Ash is angered by this. Not because I'm the voices, I don't think, but because two against one Pokemon battles is cheating. It's against the Pokemon League rules. It's a little strange to me, I have to say, how Ash could know this fact but he doesn't seem to know that he has to battle Pokemon to weaken them before capturing them. I didn't add this detail to the script. I'm sure it was in the original Japanese about this being a Pokemon League rule. But for someone who's been dreaming for years of becoming a Pokemon master, Ash has a very loose grasp of what the rules of Pokemon mastery are. Anyway, Team Rocket doesn't care about the rules, and they order Coughing to hit Pikachu with a sludge attack. Ash is indignant, and he grabs Pikachu and hands him over to Misty for safekeeping. And then, in an internal monologue, Ash considers his options. Caterpie's too weak to battle Coughing and Ekans, so he calls him Pidgeotto. And then there are a bunch of attacks and counterattacks. The visual flashes are again tamped down. And Pidgeotto puts up a good fight, but it can't compete with double teaming, and Ash calls it back to his Pokeball. Ash is very frustrated, and he tries to physically attack Jesse and James, but James just stiff arms him, so Ash can't land any blows, and Meowth explains that in Pokemon battles, only Pokemon can fight each other. This is a little expository dialogue which sets out more ground rules for the Pokemon world and battles which, again... It seems Ash either doesn't know, or doesn't remember, or is just so angry and frustrated that he ignores them. Pikachu struggles in Misty's arms, obviously wanting to battle, but he's still weak from the sludge attack. So Ash goes to the only other Pokemon he's got, Caterpie. Team Rocket laughs at Caterpie, and they send Coughing and Ekans in for the kill. Caterpie is cowering, but Ash gets an idea and quickly commands a string attack. Caterpie whips into action, cocoons both Pokémon, and sends Coughing and Ekans whimpering away. Meowth decides to go up against Caterpie, but Caterpie wraps Meowth up in a string attack, and Team Rocket beats a quick retreat. Ash is elated, and he congratulates Caterpie for doing such a great job, and then he says Misty should congratulate Caterpie too. And Misty is extremely hesitant to do this, but she's very tentatively just about to pat Caterpie on the head when Caterpie starts sprouting something that looks like a web or mist, and it shocks them by evolving into Metapod, which I also did the voice for. The Pokedex informs them that this is the fastest that this type of Pokemon has reached this stage, this evolution. 
Pikachu is amazed and happy, and there's a little flashback to the scene from earlier in this episode when Caterpie imagined or saw a Butterfree fly past the moon, sort of presaging what's going to happen. It's a little strange, this scene, because it doesn't visually indicate who is exactly having this flashback. So I guess it's just there to kind of remind the viewer of what's already happened. Ash picks up Metapod and talks to it lovingly as Misty stands off to the side and says that she hasn't met anybody like Ash and that he really does love Pokemon. At that point, Ash sticks Metapod right in her face, (laughs) and guess what? She freaks out as Ash reminds Misty that she was about to make friends with Caterpie before it evolved. Misty kind of stammers as a big insect-type Pokemon flies by, and it looks to me like a bee drill. And she says, let's get out of this forest. But Ash is psyched, and he says, no way, because there are plenty more Pokemon in the forest. And Ash runs off as Misty follows. To me, this episode was created just to kind of clarify the mechanics of Pokemon, how Pokemon have to be captured, how they need to battle with other Pokemon, how trainers can't fight each other. So we know now there's not going to be any fist fighting in this series, probably. And that Pokemon have feelings and personalities, which we've actually seen already because Pikachu was very prickly in that first episode. But this is all reinforced here, maybe for kids who are seeing the show for the first time and aren't familiar with the game. That's my guess anyway. And it's important because Ash finally captures his first Pokemon, his first two Pokemon. And we also see Team Rocket again, reinforcing their fixation on getting Ash's Pikachu, which becomes a big part of the TV series. At the end of this episode, Roger Parsons, the narrator, informs us that the future looks bright for our heroes but that the Viridian Forest is deeper and darker than they know, and a dangerous new challenge is waiting. What I love about the end of this episode is that Team Rocket does not return. Man, do I love that, and I'll talk more about why in an upcoming podcast. Next time on Original Pokemon, the big Kakuna... Ash goes head to Kabuto in his first Pokemon battle, and how Team Rocket ruined my life. All that and so much more, or at least a little more, on the next original Pokemon. If you like this podcast series, tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell an enemy. In any case, write to me with your comments, criticisms, corrections, or anything else you want to say at originalpokemon at gmail.com. That's OriginalPokemon at gmail.com. I'm Michael Hegney. Thanks for listening.